Hello, welcome to the Tech News and Commentary. I'm your host, Joey Cagle. And I'm your co-host, Antonio Guerra. Apple's One More Thing event has taken place, and we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about Wednesday's YouTube outage. We've got a bit of Hyperloop news out of Las Vegas, as well as a similar project in Korea. Google appears to be locking features behind a paywall in Google Photos. And a big science story. Pfizer has a vaccine they say is over 90% effective for COVID-19. And scientists have discovered a hell planet. All this and more. It's time for the tech news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Hello, everyone. This is your November 13th edition of the Tech News and Commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. All right, so biggest announcements from Apple's One More Thing event. Apple announced new versions of the MacBook Air, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, and the Mac Mini at One More Thing, which was done via live stream. The new hardware uses Apple's new M1 chip, which features an octa-core processor containing the fastest CPU cores of any processor ever made, as well as the best performance per watt of any CPU in its class on the market. It also has an eight-core integrated graphics processing unit. The new MacBook Air starts at $999, the Mac Mini at $699, and the 13-inch MacBook Pro starts at $1299. All are available for pre-order now. Mac OS Big Sur launches November 12th. What they did not mention was that the M1 chip does not support external GPUs, commonly known as eGPUs. This was confirmed by Apple Insider. This means that the new Mac Mini, MacBook Air, and 13-inch MacBook will only utilize their own on-processor GPUs. This confirms previous suspicion that support for all non-Apple GPUs would be dropped. They've also removed from their preferred solution the Blackmagic eGPU from the list of compatible accessories from the new Macs with Apple Silicon chips. Apple only fairly recently supported eGPUs, but it has also seen a lot of failure. It's currently unknown if other Apple Silicon processors like the A14T will restore eGPU support. Yeah, that's going to really suck for anyone using their NVIDIA or AMD GPU that they really wanted to use. Well, it's not really a surprise to me. I know Apple doesn't have the best reputation of playing well with others, so... Yeah, true. But, yeah, I guess they're trying to hook you in that ecosystem. Yeah. You know that, that makes me wonder if an ARM version of Windows is even going to work on this. What is that exactly? An ARM version of... Well, the, the processors on the new Macs have, are, are ARM processors. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, anyway... Okay, so Apple is going to require apps to add privacy nutrition labels starting on December 8th. Developers will be required to give privacy information for their apps starting on the 8th of December. The privacy nutrition labels will list what information an app collects and presents the information on the app's page. Developers will have to keep their labels up to date as well so that the users know how their information will be used before any app goes on their phones. So I guess this is just like, I guess it's already spelled out in the EULA, but I guess this is more of like a in-your-face snapshot of what exactly they're doing with your info. Yeah, exactly, which is a good thing. I know Apple has always cared about people's privacy for the most part. They've been like very outspoken about it, like to the point of not even letting the government hack into the iPhones. Yeah, I remember hearing stories about that, like they wouldn't give up like you know information on people suspected of different things. So, I mean, I guess I do have to give them points for integrity on that side. Yeah, I, I have to say I respect Apple for that as far as like their uh, privacy goes. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I criticize them for other things, but hey, mad respect for them for the privacy angle. I guess it's the little things that count, right? Yes. All right. So, uh, there was a YouTube outage on Wednesday. Uh, you may have had trouble watching YouTube on Wednesday because they had an outage for about an hour. Video stopped playing, but the service has since been recovered. The outage also affected other services which use the YouTube infrastructure. Down Detector recorded more than 280,000 user reports in less than an hour. 
and Twitter users were also reporting damage. I didn't experience it yesterday because I was at work. Uh, yeah, I was at work all day from like 9 to 4, then I came home and fell asleep on my couch. So yeah, I didn't have a chance to look at YouTube either. So, But I did see a lot of friends uh, saying something about it on Facebook. They were asking people, hey, is YouTube down? Seems like more of a Google question to me, but yeah. But um, I have noticed YouTube has had more of a tendency to go down like semi-frequently lately. Yeah, I guess I'm not really like I'm, I mean, I watch YouTube, don't be wrong, but I guess I just never I don't watch it enough to where I've noticed yeah. any outages. Well, it seems like maybe once every few months it's happening lately. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, uh, WhatsApp now lets you post temporary messages which disappear after seven days. Users of the popular social chat app now have messages disappear after a week. The seven day limit exists regardless of if the message is read or not. The timer begins when the message is sent. Group admins are the only ones that can turn the feature on in group chats. In recent years, disappearing messages have become more popular. Users are able to send disappearing messages on Instagram and Facebook Messenger as well. I didn't even know about sending them in Instagram or Facebook Messenger, did you? Yeah, neither did I. Like, uh, I, I missed the whole like uh, Snapchat thing. So. Of course, that would explain why if I look in uh, chat history, sometimes uh, messages people have sent me have disappeared after some time. I guess that would make sense. Like, I mean, I guess I don't chat enough online because I don't, I never really, I don't really look back on my old chats unless it's like, what is this person, well, what's something that may be suggested for me to look at or something I, like that. I but. guess I haven't had the need for disappearing messages. Well, yeah, like I said, I think they're kind of biting off a of Snapchat. Or that's Snapchat's big thing. Is yes. Like, yeah. You see the message at one time and that's it. So mm-hmm. I guess that appeals to some people. I guess I'm not. Right. There's no sensitive information I have out there that I need to you know, explode upon reading. Netflix is testing their first channel in France. France will be able to receive Netflix's first channel offering. Direct is a linear channel that will air shows in real time. It's only available via web browsers. The country was chosen to test this because of their consumption of the traditional TV. In France, many people prefer a laid-back experience where they don't have to choose shows. This feature may appeal to older demographics as well, which make up a significant portion of households in France. You know, it's interesting. I felt like we were discussing something similar the other week, that sometimes uh, people like to watch the live shows or yeah. uh, real-time television rather than on-demand. Particularly when it comes to like sporting events and things like that, or the news, for example. And not even that. I think a lot of people, especially like older generations, you know, they're used to just sitting on the couch and watching TV. There's preset yeah. programming that they're used to watching, and that's that. You know, I think right. the younger generations, they're more used to like, you know, Okay, I'm going to watch this on YouTube for a little bit, then watch some Hulu, then some Netflix, then some Amazon, and then whatever. So. Right, yeah. So Twitch is limiting users with ad blockers to 480p, reportedly. It has been noted by many Reddit users on that Twitch is limiting the content viewed from a maximum of 1080p60 to just 480p if you use an ad blocker. Other sites have introduced countermeasures for ad blockers, like limiting access or requesting the site be whitelisted. Users have already found a workaround for this countermeasure that Twitch is doing. The company has not officially announced their intentions with this feature, or if they would roll it back, however. So are you an ad blocker, Jeff? I do have an ad blocker, and it's not because I don't want the sites to make money or the content creators to make money. I absolutely do. But on some sites you go to, the ads are so annoying and obtrusive that, you know, I just no, I definitely don't get I, I use ad blocker too. I see what you're yeah. saying. I. And I think I've seen too many times in the past where there's actually been malware stuck in the ads as well. And I'm not just talking about on shady sites. Yeah. But I've seen it happen on legit sites, too. 
yeah, you can't be too careful out there, man. Especially, like I said, I use ad blocker too, and I get it. Everyone's out here just trying to make a living, but at the same time, yeah, a lot of these ads are very intrusive and they affect my experience on the website. I'm not going to buy any of this stuff. So, yeah, I, I really don't see a problem with right. it. Right. I don't have the problem with the way ads were like in like the late 90s or early 2000s, but now we've got video ads and whatnot. And I don't like videos just popping up on websites all the time when I don't want to watch a video. Uh, so it's like a video ad, but you don't know where it's coming oh, from. Oh, I hate those. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Uber is now letting some users book rides 30 days in advance and to pick a favorite driver. Uber riders in 20 U.S. cities will soon be able to reserve rides up to 30 days in advance with their favorite driver. This feature will show up in the app next week. Drivers won't be penalized for not accepting rides. The fare and driver will be shown to the user ahead of the trip. Riders will be given a 15-minute grace period if by chance they're running late. If a driver is more than one minute late, the rider receives $50 in Uber cash as compensation. Drivers receive the full fare of the trip if the reserve ride is canceled within an hour of the trip. The initial launch cities include Atlanta, Austin, our great city of Charlotte, Charleston, Chicago, Dallas, Denver, D.C., Fort Myers, Naples, Houston, Las Vegas, Miami, Milwaukee, Nashville, New Jersey. That's a state. New York City, New Orleans, Orlando, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Seattle. That is interesting that New Jersey is listed as a city when it's a state. I don't know why. But that's the information I had when I uh, wrote Oh, no, yeah. I'm sure here. you just copied it from it. I'm sure yeah. you didn't type, well, type no, the whole type, list out by hand. Yeah, I type uh, my own uh, summary of the story, basically. Yeah. Um, I think it's great it's uh, being done here in Charlotte. I think that's great for me because uh, sometimes I might want to plan out an Uber in advance and i remember one time thinking i could do that not having used uber before yeah and i ended up having to pay like five dollars because uh i had to cancel and didn't know i had to do that yeah something like this happened to me the other day uh, a friend of mine um she asked me to order her an uber for when she get us off of work and i tried to do it but I had to do it like closer to the actual time. I like, guess you yeah. couldn't order like something ahead of time. So. so, so now in these certain cities, and I guess the whole state of New Jersey, you're going to be able to do that. Alphabet Project uses light beams to bring broadband to remote regions. Alphabet X has been working on a high-speed wireless optical communications network of light emitters and receivers. The company partnered with Econet Group to install this technology in Kenya. Building cables has been a challenge. Using this Alphabet X technology, information is sent between terminals at up to 20 gigabits per second and at distances up to 12 miles. Engineers can ensure a constant flow of data by placing the terminals high above the ground. The technology will roll out in remote areas of Kenya that had previously been beyond the reach of traditional solutions. All right, so I know we've had some stories in the past about, like, delivering internet to remote locations. Yes, so. like with the Loon Balloons and things like that, yeah. which Alphabet is also behind the Loon Balloons. So, yeah, I think this is pretty cool. Like I said, it's, you know, the more access, more people that have access to the internet, the better in my eyes. You right. Know? And for those who don't know, Alphabet is the parent company of Google. All right. So uh, older Android phones won't support many secure websites by September 2021. It might be time to upgrade your Android phone as according to Android Police, Certificate Authority Let's Encrypt is warning phones running Android versions before 7.1.1 Nougat will not have its root certificate starting in 2021, thus locking them out of many secure sites. The organization will stop default cross-signing for the certificate, which enables this functionality on January 11th, 2021, and will drop the cross-signing partnership completely on September 1st. The Firefox web browser is a partial workaround, as Mozilla is a partner in Let's Encrypt and uses its own certificate store, but that won't help with rival clients or functionality beyond browsers. Though it's common for developers to drop support for older operating systems, this could be a sore point given the update policies of Android. Let's Encrypt has noted 33.8% of Android users on Google Play run a version older than 7.1, and some hardware vendors cut the support off entirely. 
Many Android vendors offer few updates in previous years, and some devices, particularly budget phones, would even be stuck with the same version of the OS that it's shipped with. Phones from 2016 or even 2017 could lose access to these websites without workarounds. Samsung and some other Android makers, however, are committing to three years of OS updates. That doesn't change the reality for people with older hardware forever. Yeah, I, I don't know how much there incentive there is for the phones to actually update the operating systems of those older phones, honestly, because yeah. the phone companies want to make money. Yes, yeah, that playing of obsolescence, right? Yeah. Now, you could probably work around this, I would think, if you root an older phone and then flash it with a newer version of Android. Yeah. Uh, I've done that with some older Android phones, and unfortunately, at least the one that I've done that with uh, more recently, newer versions of Android ran pretty unstable on that. Really? Yeah. I did not have a good experience doing that, but your mileage may vary. Yeah. I don't know too much about that myself. Like, um, like I recently, just like you, I had uh, the iPhone 6s up until a few weeks ago, and you know I was able to download the the, the was it version 14 of iOS to work just fine on my phone. Right. Get rid of it, and uh, you know the phone I have now. I guess it's a pretty new phone. It's yeah. an Android as well. Yeah, I think iOS it's different because Apple controls that. Yeah, I guess too because it's only on so many machines. Like yeah. Android, you have to have it run on so many different yeah. devices and i'm pretty sure once my iphone is too old it probably won't get any more updates yeah probably not so and then then it's just time to update anyway or go. upgrade rather you so gotta, you gotta drop that home button joey yeah <laughs> google photos is testing locking some editor features behind google one Google Photos has started locking some of its edited features behind Google, the Google One paywall, rather, for some people. Over a month ago, Google Photos editor was redesigned. This was meant to conceive, or coincide, rather, with the launch of the Pixel 5 and Pixel 4a 5G. Google plans to bring more functionality to both the photo and video editor, but not all features will be available for free. 9to5google.com found new text in the latest update to the Google Photos app, which point to extra editing features, which are locked behind a Google One paywall. They say, as a Google One member, you get access to extra editing features. Get extra editing features with a Google One membership. Unlock this feature and more with a Google One membership. Unlock more editing features and storage amount of storage with a Google One membership. Things along that line. Some have already begun to see Google Photos lock features like the color pop for photos without depth information. Fortunately, it appears that you can unlock it with the cheapest Google One plan, which is just $2 a month or $20 per year. Google has clarified that existing features won't be put behind the paywall, but new features may be put behind it. Yeah, so I don't even use Google Photos, so this doesn't really affect me. I just use the regular gallery app on my phone, and then, you know, I don't have to have my photos on the cloud and nothing like that, so. Right. But, uh, so what do you think about this stuff? Um, I mean, that's an interesting concept. I mean, not that Google needs to make any more money because they're ridiculously rich, but yeah. hey, it's a way to make more money. Um, I really, I mean, as long as the basic functionality is there for most people for free, I think it's fine. Uh, more advanced features, sure, put it behind a paywall. That's, that's yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't do a ton of photo editing myself. I might adjust like the lighting or whatever, but right. as far as like hardcore like editing, yeah, I'm not really yeah. about all that. So. And I mean, at $2 a month, that's pretty cheap. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can find comparable services for less money, but you know, like I said, you're, you're going to be paying more for like Adobe Creative Suite. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, the whole suite yeah. like that, but I'm sure there's but, apps no, and that's stuff on going your phone to be that, paid more by professionals, but. Yeah, that's if you run like a magazine or something like that. So. Or, or if you're a web dev- designer or something, you know, freelancer. Yeah, then, then you'd pay for that type of thing. For uh, f- Google Photos, that's uh, going to be fine for most people. 
Oh, well, well I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure whatever happens, Google's going to land on their feet just fine. Yeah. Speaking of Google Photos, they're also ending free unlimited storage. Starting in June of next year, Google will start charging for storage once users pass the 15 gigabyte mark. Photos and documents uploaded before the change won't count towards this new cap. Pixel owners will be able to continue uploading high-quality photos for free without any limits, but users who want more storage should purchase Google One. This offers storage across Google's suite of apps, as well as a VPN for Android in its higher tiers. Any users who are inactive for two years and don't respond to Google's multiple warning emails will risk having their account data deleted. Yeah, I mean, I'm not using Google Photos, but I know on my uh, main Google account, I'm at 11 gigabytes of my 15 gigabytes, so eventually I'm going to have to get that uh, $2 uh, a month plan, which gives you 100 gigabytes. So that should last me for a while. I don't upload anything huge to the cloud by any means. But I put a lot of documents up there. I guess you could write it off on your taxes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Simple Search, a browser extension that gives you Google circa 2010. Do you miss the old days of Google? Well, a new browser extension for Chrome and Firefox, Simple Search, removes all of the widgets that Google has built into its search engine over the last 10 years. The plugin attempts to recreate an older version of the search service. It also works for Bing. Because it's a Chrome extension, it should work with new Chromium-based Edge browser as well. But you'll need to give the browser permission to download extensions from other sources until it appears in Microsoft's extension store. So do you yearn for the simpler days of 2010? Um, sometimes. Actually, I yearn for like the late 80s and early 90s, you know, text uh, or MS-DOS prompts and um, dial-up BBSs. Uh, That's just me. I kind of like the streaming videos we have now, but... I, I do. I, I honestly do like streaming videos. Uh, do you see this catching on? Do you think people are like, oh, I want the OG Google experience? Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's an interesting little story. Yeah. China jumps ahead with the rest of the world with the first 6G experimental satellite. China has put a 6G satellite in space on top of a long March 6 carrier rocket from the Taiwan Satellite Launch Center. This satellite will be used to verify the performance of 6G technology in space. 6G is expected to be over 100 times faster than 5G, allowing lossless transmission over long distances with less power. The satellite has a system which provides abundant satellite images and data. There are still many hurdles on the technical side to overcome before 6G will be available commercially. Yeah, China is uh, getting ahead of the game there. I mean... You know, we're talking about 6G here, but we're not actually doing anything with that yet. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we just started hearing about 5G not too long ago, and they're already looking at 6G. So. I know. Um, I mean, 5G causes COVID-19 and all kinds of other things. What's 6G going to cause? Probably makes your butt explode. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we do not need to hear that. And not in a good way, either. No. <laughs> Linux users, watch out for Ransom X. A new ransomware strain known as Ransom X, that's EXX, has been used to target governments and businesses since June of this year. If you're not a government or business, you're probably going to be okay. Anyway, it's being used by ransomware groups to target organizations that can't afford to stay down while they recover their systems. A new Linux version of this ransomware has come out, which targets core infrastructure rather than workstations. Linux ransomware hasn't been popular in the past due to reliance on spam as an infection method. Newer generations of ransomware are more targeted, so it's likely we'll see an increase in Linux ransomware infections. Companies are advised to apply security patches to gateway devices and make sure they're configured properly. Yeah, this is kind of scary. It's especially for like Linux users like myself. Yeah. I mean, I'm not too worried about this particular ransomware, but ransomware in general, it's like a lot of us get away from Windows 
to not worry about this type of stuff, yet it's coming over to Linux. You know, when I first read this, I just kept thinking, wasn't Ransom X what uh, the professor used to make Powerpuff Girls? Maybe it was named after that. <laughs> but yeah, I guess, like you said, you know, I guess if you go on Linux, you're expecting not to have to deal with stuff like this so much. But. Right, because Linux-based systems, they have a reputation of avoiding uh, most of the viruses, most of the uh, malware that's out there. Like, very little malware has been created for Linux. And so we're going to possibly see an increase, at least in ransomware for Linux. Well, I guess someone's always got to mess up a good thing, right? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Well, uh, Honda is to produce level three autonomous cars. Honda Motor Company in Japan said on Wednesday, it'll be the world's first automaker to mass produce sensor packed level three autonomous vehicles, which will allow drivers to let their vehicles navigate congested expressway traffic. They plan to launch the sales of a Honda Legend with the new equipment by the end of March 2021. There are six levels of vehicle autonomy from 0 to 5, which range from manual cars or cars with simple functions like cruise control to fully self-driving vehicles which don't need steering wheels or pedals. Level 2 cars are currently on public roads. They can control their own speed and steering, but need an alert driver to take control at all times. In July, Tesla has stated that they were very close to achieving level 5 autonomous driving. Yeah, so those uh, autonomous cars, they keep advancing more and more. I guess all these uh, rideshare drivers and truckers will be at a job pretty soon. What do you think? I don't know. Um, We'll see what happens. It's hard to say. But I know Walmart is ending their contract with the robotics company that they've been working with and ops for human workers so that's a reversal there there you go you may have seen robots in some walmart stores roaming the sales floors well you can say goodbye to those robots walmart has decided to end its contract with bossa nova robotics the company has found simple and cost effective ways to manage products on the shelves with human workers rather than the robots But of course, Walmart is moving ahead with other tech-based experimentation, such as turning four stores into e-commerce laboratories, which test digital tools and different strategies, which might help speed up restocking shelves and fulfilling online orders. As well as our next story about driverless delivery. Walmart is to test deliveries with self-driving cars with General Motors crews. Next year, some Walmart deliveries of groceries will be dropped off at customers' homes with electric-powered driverless cars. The company said Tuesday that it's kicking off a pilot program with General Motors' all-electric vehicle subsidiary, Cruise. People around Scottsdale, Arizona, will be the first to have the driverless deliveries. Tom Ward, Senior VP of Customer Product at Walmart US, said this gets the company closer to two of their goals, getting customers what they need quickly and zero emissions by 2040. So yeah, it's interesting. I just did. I just put two stories together at once there. Yeah. But um, yeah, Walmart on one hand is ending their relationship with the robotics company and getting rid of the robots. On the other hand, uh, they're looking at driverless vehicles for uh, grocery delivery. So yeah, it's like jobs uh, remain in the stores, but they could potentially be lost on the road. Yeah, so that is uh, that is uh, difficult to hear, but uh, that's one thing I do say about Walmart. I know they get a bad rap about things, but uh, I know they they've always been pretty uh, upfront about like their charity work and you know, yeah. their role in their community. So you know, even though like you said, they are taking steps to try and automate jobs that were previously done by people. You know, at least you know they do have a software side of them too. So. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think the concern with automation, of course, is like. Um, a lot of these companies want to reduce cost and, you know, humans are a big cost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta worry about, you know, workman's comp, you gotta worry about insurance, yeah. labor, everything, man, it's crazy. Right. So it's interesting that Walmart got rid of the robots. Maybe uh, they found a way to reduce the cost enough of the humans to keep the humans. <laughs> wow. Maybe it's all that toilet paper and hand sanitizer everyone was buying. I don't know. 
Virgin Hyperloop has had its first human passenger test, by the way. Uh, Virgin Hyperloop tested its ultra-fast transportation system with human passengers on Sunday afternoon at the DevLoop test track, which is owned by Virgin Hyperloop, in Las Vegas, Nevada. The Hyperloop pod transported two passengers down the 500-meter track at 100 miles per hour. The company has conducted over 400 tests on the track, but this was the first time with human passengers. The pod used for the passenger test was a scaled-down version of what the company is planning, a pod capable of carrying 23 passengers. There are many hurdles to overcome still before this Hyperloop technology becomes viable. So yeah, I think Hyperloop's pretty cool. Uh, I think it's pretty innovative to use like magnets to travel at really fast speeds. Right. And we'll talk about faster speeds in the space and science news, actually. Mm -hmm. So uh, stay tuned. So uh, speaking of Hyperloops, Elon Musk's boring company is setting up operations in Austin. Boring. The boring company posted several job listings in Austin. They're hiring for positions which indicate the company plans to set up permanent operations there. Austin is also the site of Tesla's $1.1 billion automobile plant. The Boring Company offers tunneling services. They recently entered into an agreement with Las Vegas Convention Center officials to build two 0.8-mile underground tunnels, a story we've covered here before. Unfortunately, the planning files indicate the system won't be able to move anywhere near the number of people that was originally agreed to. Tunneling is boring. Technically, yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> in news we're not sure should even be in tech news, Tesla is making tequila, a $250 bottle, or $250 a bottle, rather. Tesla is listing Tesla tequila on their website. This is a reference to Elon Musk's April Fool's Day joke about a liquor called Tesla Kia, or Tesla Kila. There you go. <laughs> This tequila is in a bottle that's shaped in the electric charge symbol and costs $250. It's made by Nosotros Tequila. I mean, I, I've seen people that have, like, you know, Mustang beer koozies, so why not have Tesla tequila? Yeah, why not? And you're going to talk to us a little, about, a little bit about beer. They're using sustainable iron powder to brew beer. A group of researchers, a brewery, and the Metal Power Consortium worked together to develop the world's first installation to brew beer using iron powder. It's brewed in heat-intensive power plants that have a particular taste, and a new installation can brew it without any CO2 emissions. Burning iron fuel will only produce rusts, which can be sustainably converted back to powder. Power plants and heavy industries are estimated to be responsible for 40% of CO2 emissions in the world. Researchers hope to convert coal-fired power plants into sustainable iron fuel plants by 2030. Yeah, so that's uh, really good news to help uh, keep the CO2 emissions down. And uh, if you like beer, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you can uh, yeah. put on a nice buzz while reducing yeah. your carbon footprint. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big beer drinker, but that's just me. Yeah, me neither anymore. Back in my 20s, I was, but, you yeah. Know. And we'll be right back after this message. you like the music and sound effects we're using on the Joey's Totally Tech podcast? Well, we get the licensing for this music through Epidemic Sound. If you're a content creator creating video on YouTube or other social media platforms, or a fellow podcaster, visit bit.ly slash jttepidemic. That's bit.ly slash jttepidemic. And you can sign up for a subscription for as little as $15 per month. They have a wide variety of genres of music, as well as sound effects you can incorporate into your content. 
you don't have to pay royalties. You just pay the monthly subscription fee. Or you can also buy lifetime licenses to particular tunes and effects too. So if you want to use some fresh music and help support this podcast too, check out bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic and sign up for Epidemic Sound today. back did you miss us well welcome back now it's time for the gaming news all right so halo 4 is coming to the master chief collection on pc with a remastered campaign halo 4 launches on pc as part of the master chief collection with a fully remastered campaign on November 17th. The trailer for it on YouTube described it as now optimized for PC, experience the fully remastered campaign to embark against new foes, dust off some orbital drops and Spartan Ops, or drive right back into the multiplayer. The console version of Halo, the Master Chief Collection, will be receiving an update on November 17th to coincide with this news as well. It brings optimizations for the Series X and Series S and offering 120 frames per second in both campaign and multiplayer modes. Series X players can experience the game in 4K with split-screen improvements as well. The updated version will be free for those who already own it, and Xbox Game Pass subscribers will have it included in their library on launch day. Yeah, that um, means very little to me since I don't have an Xbox uh, or Xbox Series X or S. Not playing on it either. Oh, actually, I take it back because it does mean something to me because I'm a PC gamer. Duh. I'm not running... Well, I do have Windows on here, but I don't run that regularly, so maybe if someone can figure out how to get that working in Linux. Well, I know uh, Halo 4 is a fan favorite, so oh, yeah. I think it's pretty interesting that they're offering it free on so many platforms like this. Yeah. Though, I mean, I guess I could just switch back over to Windows to play that. No yeah, problem, I do dual boot. If you really felt like it, right? Yeah. So you can already buy a ridiculously high-priced Xbox Series X console on eBay. Due to shortages, the Xbox Series X is already selling on eBay for hundreds of dollars more than it's actually worth. On eBay UK, one had a buy-it-now price of £899, and on the lower end, buy-it-now listings are over £700. Here in the U.S., $849.99 is the lowest buy-it-now price. Auctions are creeping over $700, and some are selling the console for more than $1,000. Yeah, so console scalping, tale old as time. What do you think of this? Uh, I mean, I don't know the scalping thing. It just seems to be getting worse and worse. I mean, we've had problems with the GPU scalping from... Uh, nvidia and i'm sure to a certain extent it's happening with amd as well i mean like i I know with every new console launch usually you know a lot of times there's not enough product to keep up with demand so people buy maybe an extra console or two Mm -hmm. so on ebay flip them for like a thousand bucks and then yeah i know then everyone has a merry christmas yeah of course it's uh the question is whether the companies do this intentionally or not you know I mean, it's possible. I mean, yeah. you would think that having more consoles in the hands of consumers would be better for the company, but... Yeah, you would think so, but on the other hand, they say uh, any news is good news. You know, anything that keeps the company in the press, and, you know... I mean, they just launched two new consoles, so I yeah. mean, I'm, they're in the press. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And having a shorter amount of supply makes it sound like oh they sold out this is a popular console 
you that's know true. that's true the, the easier it is to get it sell out like if you just produced a whole bunch of consoles the more you produce the harder it is to sell out you know true true yeah so you know the less you produce the easier it is to sell out in the beginning yeah, I guess it so, makes sense. I mean, so, so I think that's like saying the company wants a sellout, so it makes the company look good. I don't know. I think having more higher sales figures looks better, personally. But Right, right. But I think the idea is initially to say, hey, we sold out of it because it's so popular. And then bring those sales figures in after that once they start making money. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's still Black Friday and Christmas yeah, and all that coming like, up. So, oh, we gotta make, we gotta get this because it's like super popular. Everyone wants it. Oh, it's know? like, it's it's like, like that chicken sandwich they had at Popeyes. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the type of person that is not going to jump off a building if everyone else is doing it, though. I mean, I guess if it felt good to land on the ground from that height, I yeah. might try it, but. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, so now we're having some interesting space and science news this week. So Pfizer and BioNTech say their COVID-19 vaccine is more than 90% effective. Pfizer CEO plans on uh, taking the first vaccine to ease public concerns as well. Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine has been more than 90% effective in preventing COVID-19 in those without evidence of a prior infection. The FDA set a threshold of 50% effectiveness for a vaccine to be approved. There have been no serious safety concerns reported yet in a trial of 43,538 participants. U.S. stock futures skyrocketed in response to this news, with some airline and cruise company stocks jumping as much as 30%. This vaccine requires two doses, with protection achieved 28 days after the initial vaccination. It may be available as early as late December, and widely available in Q3 of 2021. Pfizer plans to produce up to 50 million vaccine doses in 2020 and up to 1.3 billion doses in 2021. The CEO of Pfizer, Dr. Albert Borla, said he's willing to be among the first to take this vaccine to ease concern about safety. But there are ethical considerations about who should receive this vaccine first and Borla might not be eligible for the first round due to his age and work environment. Borla expects demand for the vaccine will be far higher than anything the company can produce, so supply will be limited. Well, I know people must be excited about this vaccine. I know it's been a pretty big topic for the last few months. So. Oh, yeah. Well, more than the last few months, almost all year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, COVID-19, it's definitely more than just the flu. I mean, true, most people survive it, but a lot of the people who have survived have had ongoing issues after recovering. Okay. Like, um, there was one person who was paralyzed after, uh, so... Yeah, it's pretty pretty nasty virus from what I've been able to understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like doing some weird stuff. I'm glad we've got a possible vaccine. Hopefully that will be out at the end of December. Yeah, hopefully, man. All this COVID stuff is pretty crazy. Yep. I'm ready for it to be over. <laughs> Me too. All right. So uh, Rolls-Royce is planning 16 mini nuclear plants for the U.K., uh, the company plans to build many nuclear plants, which will create 6,000 new jobs over the next five years in the UK. The project will receive at least £2 million of funding from the government as part of a long-delayed green plan for their economic recovery. Nuclear is considered essential if the UK wants to meet their target of reaching net zero emissions by 2050, but all of their seven nuclear reactor sites will be going offline by 2035. Small modular reactors can be assembled into larger plants, 
which lower the cost of building a nuclear power plant. This will provide the country with low carbon electricity. The concept may become an export industry. Yeah, so that's exciting. And Rolls Royce, I just know them for being a automobile manufacturer, but they make nuclear power plants as well, or nuclear reactors at least. Yeah, diversify to survive, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what all Rolls Royce does. So, you know. I'm sure they're owned by some company that does all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I, I got to do more research into them now. I just knew them for their luxury automobiles. Well, it is nice that they're coming up with like a lower cost nuclear option. Oh, yeah. Like I know a lot of people are kind of down on like nuclear energy, but I mean, it's it's come a long way in the last few decades. And yeah, it has. It's a, it's a, obviously, it's not 100% green because you have waste still, but right. it's, you know, it's a much safer alternative to, say, fossil fuels. Yeah. I mean, there's always the potential risk with it and i think that's what many environmentalists are concerned about yeah but the risk it's just so low that i mean i'm a pretty liberal person but i admit hey nuclear is a pretty good way to go for the most part i mean if you understand the science behind it and not just the rhetoric yeah i mean i know i know nukes you know you have like disasters like chernobyl and you know you know bombs that's the mm. those are the images people conjure in their minds when they t- think about nuclear power yeah then it's not that anymore it's yeah. just it's just come, the technology has moved so far in the past 30 years you know it's it's like i said it's a much safer alternative than all than fossil fuels at this point right so a little bit of more uh hyperloop type news a 1,000 kilomile per or kilomile kilometer per hour train. <laughs> I've never heard of a kilomile. Have you? Um, I've seen some roads that are a mile long in Charlotte. You might get killed on. Oh well, there we go. Uh, the Korea Railroad Research Institute has reached a speed of over 1,000 kilometers per hour in a 117th hypertube train aerodynamic test model. The model ran in a near vacuum tube of 0.001 ATM. That's standard pressure. It's the first test model that has successfully reduced the atmospheric pressure to below 1 ATM. They plan to start actual track and vehicle development in 2022. So they got a vacuum, uh, like a looks like a hyperloop almost. Yeah, I mean now. basically a hyperloop, and one thousand kilometers per hour. That's pretty impressive. That is, uh, it's pretty speedy. I'm going to see how much that is to miles. Well, I know ten kilometers is about six miles. So that should be about six hundred miles per hour. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, six hundred twenty-one point thirty-seven miles per hour. Huh? Yeah, that's pretty impressive. What a time to be alive. Yes. So, uh, speaking of what a time to be alive, McDonald's meatless patties, the McPlant, are being debuted. Because I go to McDonald's to eat healthy. (laughs) McDonald's is bringing a plant-based version of their beef patties, which have been dubbed the McPlant, to U.S. locations starting next year. The company started testing a plant-based patty in Ontario, Canada last year. After an encouraging response, the company plans to test a new sandwich in select U.S. cities. In the future, McPlant could extend across a line of plant-based products, including burgers, chicken substitutes, and breakfast sandwiches. McDonald's international president, Ian Borden, has stated in a call with investors. Yeah, that's uh, pretty exciting news. I haven't tried any of this uh, like meatless burger stuff at other yeah, I've places tried, yet. I've tried Impossible Burgers and Beyond Burgers. And like I said, they're comparable to like low quality burgers like if you get the impossible whopper it tastes just like a whopper because in my opinion whopper is not really a quality burger yeah and mcdonald's has some pretty low quality burgers so yeah so yeah i'm sure these are going to taste awesome but uh yeah if they come up with a meatless five guys then talk to yeah uh first trials of a brain implant allowing my control of computers have gone on the stentrode device is a type of implant that has the potential to treat a large number of neurological conditions using electrical stimulation. It's implanted through a keyhole incision in the neck, 
where it monitors electrical signals coming from the brain and stimulates the brain regions that correspond with particular muscle movements. During the first human trials, the stentrode brought significant quality of life improvements to two men in Australia with motor neuron disease. So that's pretty exciting stuff. You can control with the computer with your mind, I guess? Yeah, I guess. I mean, the headline said uh, mind control with computers, but the actual uh, substance of what we just talked about didn't talk much about controlling the computer. Well, I mean, I guess you use but, electrical implosives. So. But, yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's really cool that they are uh, finding quality of life improvements. I'm wondering, I mean, I have mild cerebral palsy myself. Yeah. Um, which is brain damage that happens uh, when you're born. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if, like, they could use that to uh, help people with cerebral palsy as well. Yeah, probably. Like I said, you know, I'm sure if you're able to control a computer with your mind, there's no... Yeah. You, you basically could be like, mm-hmm. you know, Dr. Octopus. Yeah. If you can create some... You know, it doesn't have to be, like, some creepy-looking arms like like he has. But right. I'm but, sure... But I'd say the with cerebral palsy probably the earlier you can do it the better because of a potential deformations like i've got crooked feet as a result of my cerebral palsy yeah so the space force is in charge of the secret x-37b space plane now the space force has created a unit dedicated specifically to orbital warfare delta 9 will oversee the experimental x-37b space plane which is an unmanned spacecraft that was previously overseen by the air force NASA has been using this secret experimental space plane to conduct experiments in space as well as to move classified payloads. The plane recently completed a 780-day unmanned mission. It can autonomously re-enter the atmosphere and land on a flight line. Yeah, that's interesting stuff. Of course, I can't really comment too much about it because it's still very secretive. Yeah, I'm sure this uh, extremely high-tech space plane is they don't have a ton of information about it in the wild so yeah well i think it can all go to hell because scientists have discovered a bizarre hell planet where it rains rocks and oceans are made of lava k2-141b which is hundreds of light years away has oceans made of molten lava winds reaching supersonic speeds and rain made of rocks This is one of the most extreme exoplanets ever discovered. It orbits so closely to its host star that much of the planet is made of flowing lava oceans. Only one side of the planet faces the star because it is gravitationally locked in place. The planet appears to have a surface, ocean, and atmosphere all made of rock. The surface on the sunny side of the planet reaches 5,400 degrees Fahrenheit, which vaporizes the rock to create a thin, inhospitable atmosphere. The dark side's surface is perpetually dark and reaches temperatures of minus 328 degrees so yeah, this is like some Doom type stuff. What do you think of this? Yeah, that uh, that's not a planet I want to go to. Yeah, it doesn't sound very pleasant. <laughs> yeah, not at all. You want to catch a nice tan right by the ocean of lava? <laughs> yeah. I know it's not usually the ocean that gives you the tan, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, great place to go swimming. Yeah, if you're a salamander. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been the Tech News and Commentary. Oh, Joey's Totally Tech. I've been Joey Cagle. And I've been Antonio Guerra. And we will catch you next time.